DraftSociety.com presents a Premier League Draft Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the Key Pass Collective. Your exclusive source for the information, analysis, and advice you need to dominate your fantasy leagues. Come on in. We've been expecting you. Welcome, listeners, uh, to the Key Pass Collective. This is our second stream of the September international break. Um, we are missing the podfather, Joe, who is taking a break himself, um, leaning fully into the international break. Um, today, we are just the two of us to start with with sanji from banter boys and myself totti andor um we'll have a lot to talk about and we want you to jump in on the comments ask questions and um just talk to us interact with us may we may even have a, a guest or a late arrival coming in later sanji how are you doing uh not too bad better recovering slowly uh sound better than i did on the pod um two days ago <laughs> but uh hanging in there you know can't complain looking forward to the football uh it feels like we were back in like preseason all of a sudden like i, yeah. I didn't know what to do with my life like <laughs> it was, it was kind of wild um no purpose you know but yeah happy happy that the football's back for four more weeks another annoying international break after that but i mean we've got our first double game week uh, on the horizon so very excited to to talk about that a bit maybe yeah uh have you managed to make any trades during the international break unfortunately not uh but i got a plethora of terrible trades um and uh i i was talking about i don't know if we were allowed to do it on this pod but i might start shaming people that send send me really bad trades because i mean there's like trades that are you know debatable you know people are trying to evaluate it and you you told us last stream don't be a dick obviously i'm not trying to be a dick but if if the trade is absolutely horrendous then something needs to be said or done, right? Unless we, we have a class or we host a lecture series where we, you know, educate people on how to use the, um, the toolkit that, uh, you know, our, our lovely draft lad have, has built for us or just, you know, how to do trades in general. I'm not sure. I think this is kind of the place to do that. This is, uh, this is, I'll, I'll whip up a new logo. This isn't the Key Pass Collective anymore. This is uh uh, trade how to trade lecture series trading 101 something like that trading um, with totty see it's got a nice ring to it <laughs> it does it does yeah i mean for those who are genuinely interested in like strategies and and um and how what to do what not to do uh, according to um myself 
you can you can check out the free articles we have in the two in the draft kit and are still on the page that you can find them they are under the draft 101 um heading uh and and it they there's a few on trades that um that cover strategies to get the best trade and the do's and don'ts of trades but yeah i think i finished last week's pod on a somber note about uh trading and about how to um behave essentially when trading and i think sending um we've had this discussion before obviously with genie being the patient zero of shitty trade offers um about about our, uh, an offer being a conversation starter essentially not something that you would expect to to be expect yeah, to be accepted um but but yeah i think um this comment is is spot on making low bowling offers ruins long-term trust of other managers all your future offers will be taken with an extra bit of salt i think that is that is spot on the reason and i always say this try to start all your trade negotiations with a dm rather than a than actual trade offer yeah 100 uh, percent. i mean have a i don't know have a bit of character to your to your trades like you know ch chat them up you know flirt with them a little bit if you must you know like get to get to know the the person that you're you're trading with it i mean it should be a mutually beneficial uh trade right you're not just sending out trades because you want to get what you want to get like for example i saw a couple of people like sending anthony out um as trades well even with the rumors about you know you know, uh, him missing out potentially and now it's kind of official right uh, that he's stepping away from Manchester United Football Club for a bit um yeah I mean if you're if you're sending stuff like that it's exactly like the message that you highlighted right it's um now I've kind of developed the, my uh, thought process in my brain is that's like you're just gonna keep sending me people that you don't want hoping that I might bite them it the only entertaining class of that trade was he sent me Anthony and Gordon and both teams put together as an actual footballer that, that was the only thing I liked about it but yeah yeah, I mean, I mean, when you when you talk uh, during a trade negotiations or when you when you DM, that's just builds the community, builds trust, builds um, relationships, and that is that is what we love about this um, fan tracks or draft fantasy game of ours. Um, so let's let's get into this um, stream podcast, whatever it is gonna be. So. Um, just a reminder to our listeners that the uh, inner circle is now open. Um, you can have two types of subscriptions. The monthly pass, which is a recurring payment of $6 per month, uh, which gets you full exclusive inner circle benefits. I think by now, um, the Discord channel maybe one of the biggest benefits of the subscriptions um there's a lot of chatter and there is a there is a, a critical mass of uh people in our um draft society inner circle uh discord channel which means that you will have answers to most of your inquiries even if if the draft society staff are not quick enough to to go for the um quick fix um 
and it's it's building a community and the other subscription of ours is the season pass which is uh, 60 dollars uh one-time fee for the whole season and the big benefit uh, as opposed to the uh, benefits of the monthly pass is the fantasy toolkit we have talked ad nauseum about the toolkit it is essentially using all the information we have um on the site all the data all the analysis that we have on the site and puts it into a usable and uh and um streamlined uh, tool that is um, especially made for you you add your fantrax id and it it um, brings up your team it brings up your league it brings up your free agents it brings up your waiver wire uh, players so uh, you don't have to look for general advice because the advice is tailored to you and your team personally um we have an, a load of other stuff in the inner circle rest of the season player rankings every week by robbie uh projection point, points projections by draft led every week we have consensus ranks we, which we will be talking about today that we will do every international break uh we have uh weekly articles uh, that are extra uh articles we have just had one really good article come out that was a collaboration between um robbie gavin and draft the thoughts on players who might not be showing um on fan tracks the value on fan tracks but will um be great hopefully uh on fan tracks um so give that a read uh, we have the fixture difficulty tracker which is uh, which is now inside the toolkit and the discord access that i've already mentioned have i missed anything sanji nah man that was perfect it's like yeah. it's like joe wasn't even here <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like it's like joe is is here in the words on the screen yeah. in spirit yeah. exactly um yeah so um sign up um and help us grow and enjoy winning your league um so on today's keep ass collective we will have uh, uh hopefully not so long-winded and ranty uh discussion about top 150 consensus ranks we will have some game week five preparations and any and all questions that you have uh in this here chat today we will discuss them at the end uh, they can be start sit questions they can be questions about the ranks they can be anything you like so without further ado we'll go into our top 150 consensus ranks discussions we have uh put together three slides uh for those watching on youtube uh live or at a later date we will have risers um the players who have risen the most since our last 150 ranks which were a week before um, the first kickoff we will have fallers and the biggest disagreements between uh, our analysts uh, and a special mention to the disagreements that 
uh, the two analysts on the current podcast have. So that should be a good discussion. Um, so let's look at the risers first. Uh, I'll read them out first so that our audio listeners can uh, can know what we are talking about, and then we'll go into a few of these players uh, in a in a bit of detail. So uh, the biggest risers um, are uh, Pedro Neto, who was the overall biggest riser with um, and is now the thirtieth highest ranked player. Johan Wissa, who is the 65th, Anthony Gordon, Matthias Jensen, Christian Romero, Enzo Fernandez, Destiny Udogi, Taiwo Avonii, Joachim Anderson, Evan Ferguson, Thiago Silva, Rasmus Hoyland, and Matty Cash. These are the players who have risen the most in our ranks. Um, and and let's discuss. So, Sanji, who do you want to highlight out of these? I'm I'm kind of surprised that uh, Jensen was that low preseason. Um, yeah, I mean the season before, like he, I think, finally broke out of his shell, um, and he showed his true potential in that sense. Um, I think it's a well-known fact uh, how much. Brentford focus on set pieces uh, being one of the best clubs in in Europe I think at set pieces in general like at least converting them and whatnot um so I, that was a bit of a surprise to see um but it's not surprising to see his jump at least right to where you think you might be I guess drafting him if you, if you're starting your draft after um the first four game weeks you know some some people like to start their season late but I, maybe at this point you you think he goes maybe fifth or sixth round I think so. Well, we have him at 53, um, and that is the consensus rank. So, so some people have him um, even higher, assuming that that consensus ranking uh, is working on our side. So I'll, I'll just uh, have. Of course that. it is. <laughs> of course it is. And, and uh, just for the listeners, uh, our consensus ranks. Um, are not just um, add all the ranks and divide by the number of analysts. So we we actually weed out the highest and the lowest score, which um, which essentially means that at most of our picks don't have genies or Sanji's picks in <laughs> <laughs> among the consensus, uh, as they are the two uh, outliery um, analysts. But yeah. Jensen, um, yeah, uh, I think I had him as one in in my wants to watch um, part of the article for the Brentford preview that I that I wrote, and and the main thing is that he is he is just bossing set pieces essentially. Yeah. So um, so yeah, there was some wobble around whether he can he can take up Ericsson's role um with a, with being a productive set piece taker but but he has surely um done it now and um and he has great value um he is actually uh ranked 53rd uh in our ranks uh with you yourself 
have him as high as 39th. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I, know. I, I, I was very happy to get him in. I think I have him in both of my uh, leagues, IGL and DPL, um, I believe. Uh, I see a comment in the um in the stream. I think uh, Draft Alchemy wants to see my top two hundred. I don't know if you want to, man. It's very contentious. Like, uh, not everyone likes the way I kind of view players and stuff of that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I I think he's definitely like a a good shot for a mid two as well. Like, I uh, I mean, there are a couple of people that might fluctuate uh, throughout the season. Um, but another mid that I do want to touch on, um, Enzo Fernandez, uh, jumping 56 places up to 71st. I understand why he's that high, but I feel like he's going to drop a bit. Um, I feel like there's a chance that Chelsea's system might change, and I feel like he was playing further forward out of necessity. Um, not because of what he's good at. Um, I, I, I mean, he might, you know, have a few attacking returns here or there across um, the rest of the season. But I, I'm not sure if he's going to keep it up because it's it's very disturbing to see him take corners, especially when he's not very good at them all the time. Um, <laughs> we have better corner takers uh, in the likes of Chilwell or James when he's fit or if he wants to stay fit, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I just feel like his position as well, uh, deeper in the pitch, is better for um, progressing the ball as well. Like, I know we have Caicedo there, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how his rank uh, develops over at least over the next four game weeks. Because I would expect, or maybe as a Chelsea fan, uh, that Poch changes something. Um, and I know, like, uh, not to make this like a Chelsea pot or whatever, but you know, everybody's saying, yes, we're playing a back four, all that sort of stuff. But the fact that there's three center backs playing in a back four system is very disturbing. Yeah. Um, if I, I just wanted to shout out the article that I mentioned, the underlying numbers article that came out today, uh, talks in detail about Enzo Fernandez. Um, he's first in the Premier League for progressive passes, passes into the final third, passes into the box, through balls, and shot creating actions as well. And, and just like you said, uh, even Mudrik seems to have priority on right-sided sets with also James coming back in. So um, I, I don't think it's, it's cut and dry whether, whether he is, he's going to be able to maintain this level of production, uh, both in real life and uh, for fantasy. Obviously, he will, he is such a versatile player that he will be to the, um, he will help his team wherever he plays in that midfield. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't envision a problem there. But this meteoric rise from languishing in the hundreds to to the seventy-first ranked midfielder is definitely based on hope. I think that that he will continue to be involved in the attack, even if. Even if someone like Cole Palmer or maybe Chukwameka, when he comes back, uh, regains that that number ten role um, before Nkunku can fully make that his, um, even 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 if he doesn't take on that number ten role, his his um, involvement in the attack uh, warrants him being a cut above the general sort of 
defensive e midfielders of the of the Fantrax world. Yeah, for sure. A anything surprise you from this list, by the way? Anything jump out at you? Um, for me, the thing that jumps out is the rise of Joachim Anderson and Christian Romero. I think both maybe to a certain extent Johan Wissa. Uh, I think we were sleeping on him a bit. Um, that's why we so I think he was at 120 or something like that ranked. So that that was definitely not um, not properly ranked but uh, but all three of them, Johan Wissa, um, Cristiano Romero and Joachim Anderson, I think all three of them are likely to have had the best um streak yeah of the season so essentially this is uh for me these all the ranks for all these players are over corrections so they mm -hmm. should have been should have been ranked much higher before the draft and they should be for starting to fall about right now um uh, rather than rise now and mm -hmm. And have them valued at, at, at so high that they are like so we have we said 65 um romero at 86 and anderson at 73 i can think of a lot of other players that i'd rather have um than than these guys around those um those ranks obviously my own personal ranks will will actually show that uh, that's why we have the consensus ranks. So I think, I think these three are are a bit of an overreaction. Um, I like I like how Hoyland has risen after a ten minute cameo. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, he, he looked very good. He looked lively, and um, and I think with all the turmoil at at United, the need for for a set formation and a uh, set uh, starting 11 to start to put together a run of some sort is is becoming much much bigger at united than than it probably was before the season started so so i i, I like i like the shout i love the taiwo ahoni shout while i still think that he is he is as as the three other players I've mentioned, he's not going to score a goal a game, but he has established himself as the main striker, main guy at um, Forest, and I think he will not relinquish that. And Forest are looking much better than last season anyway. So, so and they've added very good players uh, on the final day as well. So, so yeah, I'm I'm much higher on Forest, and therefore I've only than. Uh, than I had been. And now is the time to introduce El Ghazi Lives to the <laughs> podcast. Hello, Ryan. Have a, not even a background of him. <laughs> uh, you're muted. Muted. This is an Airbnb background. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Um, are, you, are, you, are you still on the side of the world, by the way, Ryan? Yeah, I'm in Spain. Yeah. Well, you aren't in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the Basque country, to be specific. Exactly. Can you um, give us give us some sort of um, either 
fantasy takes or just uh, a basic hello in uh, in uh, Basque. In Basque. Yeah. Um, agur is like see you later. I don't like I know hello. <laughs> yeah. You look you, you look like you got some sunshine today too. I did. I went surfing and I stayed out for way too long uh, with this fine skin. So, yeah, I very burned. But it sure was, was worth it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. So, what did I, what did I miss? We have you've come for the right time. We are uh, we have kind of uh, concluded our discussion on the biggest risers in our ranks. If you want to chime in with anyone. You want to shout out out of these guys that are, uh, have been the biggest risers for our top 150, then the floor is yours. Um, yeah, these are all good. Although I, I think Anderson is a flash in the pan again. Um, but no, there's no denying a lot of these guys are came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, nothing to add. Okay. You guys are doing so, a bang up job. So I have a question. Like uh we see like a few defenders are roughly in that seventh round, right? So Christian Romero, Tiago Silva, Joachim Anderson. Like if, if you were to like you're drafting right now, out of those three, which one would you pick if they all fell to you? Rom out of Romero, Tiago Silva and, and Silva. Yeah, and, yeah. Um I honestly like Thiago Silva, um, a lot. He's just been very, very steady. Um, and I just think that Romero and Anderson are so boom or bust that I like the reliability of, of, of Thiago Silva. I know he's going to get me eight or nine, even if, uh, even if they don't get a clean sheet. So depends on, yeah, your roster construction, but I like Thiago Silva out of the three. I think maybe rest of season he might actually end up being the the total point scorer of the three just because he's he's so solid yeah i, I definitely agree and uh toddy you just highlighted a comment about uh what about cash i i didn't mention cash because the rotation fair right um marino is supposed to be fit now so he might be in contention so yeah but he'll surely he'll take marino uh, will be on the left Dini's, yeah, Dini's spot. So uh, I think it's more. So I think we all kind of agree that this is uh, another rank that's a bit too high for cash, um, because of tactical issues rather than than expected minutes issues. Because if they are fit, then it's going to be cash on the right, Moreno on the left, um, until the wheels come off. Um, with some minor rotation for the Europe League coming in, um, and this is just an aside that that I've been pleasantly surprised by the by the um, play of Digne. So I think he, um, Emery will be more confident of running him out either in a in an Europe League group game or. A, or a fixture backed up um, Premier League game, but back for back for cash. I think the issue, our issue, and everyone else's issue who has ranked him lower is that when Moreno is back, um, 
they will have a, a backline that will more focus more on Moreno's um, positive attacking play rather than Cash's. Is that is that correct, Ryan? You think? Yeah, I think that's I think that's absolutely right. I think they've yeah, with Moreno out, they relied on on Cash and unshackled him a bit more. Um, but yeah, Cash was Cash was garbage last season. Um, at the end, when he finally got his chance. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when Moreno comes back, and I think it'll probably be this weekend, to be honest. Um, but yeah, to see what it, what happens with Cash. Yeah, uh, one, nah, one more question. Going back to Silva, our our very own Gavin is asking if Silva <laughs> uh, if Silva has a chance of losing out to Buddy Sheila. I I have to agree It'd with Ryan. Be the saucy, I, I, wouldn't it? Yeah, but um, but that that's something we were touching on um before you came is like, uh, as a Chelsea fan, I'm hoping that sure we're playing a back four, but with only two centre backs, not three of them. Um, so I think Badiashile might just get his first chance uh in the cup games. Uh, those are coming up soon though, aren't they? I think ours is against Brighton or something like that. Yeah, that that will be the first and last cup game. <laughs> Uh, Tati, you guys have an easy picture, so I'm not going to even try to bash you guys. Yeah, and the uh, Europa League is starting, uh, and Champions League is starting next week as well. So it's going to be it's going to be fun rotation, loveliness. Um, yeah, so let's go on to biggest fallers. Uh, most of these will be self-explanatory, but there are some interesting ones here. I'll read them out for our audio listeners. Um, and these are ranked uh, by the size of the fall. Um, number one is Julio and Ciso, Nonni Madueke, Christopher and Kunku, Luke Shaw, Hamed Traore, Mikhailo Mudrik, Kevin De Bruyne, Sandro Tonali, Dan Byrne, Milos Kerkes, Bruno Guimaraes, Harry Wilson, Ben Mee, and Said Ben Rama. Um, Ryan, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I think the the interesting ones here are the ones that aren't injury related because yeah, I mean some of these are are obvious. Kevin De Bruyne and and Enciso was would have been ranked a lot higher before that injury, and Cuckoo and all those. Um, uh, Gimaraes is interesting. Ben Rama is more rotation. Mudrik um, is God knows what. Um, yeah, those are, those are the ones that are more interesting for me. Um, for me, again, I want to highlight uh, the reverse of the risers highlight. Uh, for me, Ben Me, um, Dan Byrne to some extent, and to a lesser extent, um, Milos Kerkes, uh, all of these guys, I think, will be fine. And I think they've just gone through either through injury with me and through fixtures with Dan Byrne and Kerkes. Uh, they've just gone through the worst batch of their um, of their season. So I think the only way to go is up for these guys. You think there's any way back for Bruno? Um, 
I've I've actually I I listened to um, one of the athletic podcasts and uh, they were saying that that obviously there are some issues with um, with facing three top sides in the first uh, four game weeks, but but um, the interesting um, sort of narrative was that they said that they have not seen two players with such similar profiles uh, in a league, let alone in the same team as Sandro Tonali and Bruno Guimaraes. So um, they are they are encroaching on each other's space. They are doing the same thing, and they're not um, they're not adding like they're not being more than the sum of their parts. Which which Newcastle Newcastle have been last season, um, so I think I think Newcastle are one of the teams that that will have benefited the most from this uh, international break, and I I have hope for how to to figure it out and figure the roles out uh, for for Tonali Gimaraes both of who are mentioned in this list and Joel Linton as well because he's been struggling too both for fan tracks and in real life too. So uh, I have hope, but but um, it's definitely tempered when it comes to Gimaraes and Tonali. So I'm I'm close to being able to just drop them. What about you, Sanji? Who, who do you have out of this list that you want to mention or talk about? I, I, I think that it's the same thing Ryan said. Like, all of these are fairly expected, uh, like, deltas uh, in that sense. Um, nothing is, like, I'm I'm shocked by in the sense. Maybe Harry Wilson? Like, yeah. uh, dropping down that far low. Didn't he just put up, uh, like, in two games, he put up uh, seven and eight points or something like that without any attacking returns? Yeah, yeah, I I don't understand. I think that's that's just uh, keeping in line with the general um, dislike of Fulham players added mm. added in uh, the relative high number of Fulham uh, players who can play on the wing. I think that's that's the combination of factors that could could have um, contributed to his fall. Yeah, uh, I mean, other than that, I guess it it seems fairly yeah fairly straightforward. Um, I can't I can't really argue with those too much. Maybe Mudrick could have been lower <laughs> as well. Um, but yeah, we have a we have a question here asking what would you do if you own Mudrick in a league? I think I think he's droppable. Yeah, I think you just have to be as quick as possible as soon as you see um, that green tick next to his name. Um, and then gamble on him maybe uh, doing better. But, uh, yeah, he has to be a drop for me as well. Yeah, Ben Mee is a free agent. Uh, how would you rank him against Rico Henry and Ahmed Hodzic? He's definitely much higher than any of those. Uh, we still have him in the top 100, just in uh, in in 99th spot. And, and as mentioned again, I want to tout my own article, the Brentford preview. We we should have tempered, should have should have had tempered expectations um, this season for Ben Mee, even without the injury. Um, as, 
compared to last season, but but having him around between like the eighties and the hundred rank, I think that's that's a fair rank for him. Uh, and he will he will definitely provide uh, good value rest of the season, I think. Like I know Benmi was uh, Brentford's one of their best defenders or whatnot, um, and even points output wise, he's pretty amazing. But uh, with them getting Collins, are you not a little worried about the rotation? In that sense, I would be tempted to kind of take Rico Henry. Like I feel like he underperformed um, a little bit last season from like attacking outputs. Um, like he's getting he. I mean, the, last season uh, and season before, whatever. Um, he's had moments where he will ghost and do nothing. Um, or he'll put up one point, two points, and just be one of the worst defensive assets to kind of own. But I just feel like he's getting a bit further forward. He's getting a bit more involved in attacks. Like uh, even last game versus Bournemouth, Empoimo um, wasted that golden opportunity um, in the box uh, that should have changed the game for them, and that was from a Rico Henry pass as well, right? So. In a sense, I w- might stick with Rico if you have him, but I would definitely put me above uh, Ahmed Hodzic. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm I'm still very skeptical on Rico Henry. He's uh, traditionally he has he has played well um, and been an asset to his team in real life without uh, making any waves in fantasy. So so yeah, still still very very skeptical. Same. Yeah, he needs to he needs to prove it for a little bit longer before I buy in. Yeah, um, we have Sean jumping in saying that we we missed Bisuma in in our biggest rank risers. Um, we might have missed him for sure. Um, again, someone I I was pretty vocal about last uh, pod that I'm not I'm not that bought into. Um, to these defensive midfielders who have had the luck of the draw in this first four four game weeks, uh, yeah, he's definitely much better than I expected. But I think he will he will probably start reverting back to the mean when Spurs start playing against actual Premier League worthy opposition. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him when um, Benton Kerr comes back as well. Um, I mean, you'd, it'd be very harsh to to drop um, Basuma given how well he's played. But Benton Kerr is also no moose slouch, so yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. Yeah, and uh, the the last uh, player I wanted to mention, and I think it's a it's a very interesting dynamic with Said Ben Rama. I I have not seen him in real life or in fan tracks do anything that warrants his uh, 36 position drop um, and his position in around 80 points. I think this is a bit of group think and a bit of angst about how Moyes can, can put together an 11 with all of the new signings and all of his best players. Uh, but I, I still believe that that um, like I know some of our some of our analysts and a lot of our listeners and and uh, commenters have been trying to shift Ben Rama and 
without much uh yeah ryan yourself without much luck uh i've i've uh, gathered and that may be something that uh, that is represented in the ranks rather than actual expected uh returns no i think there was there was a bit of expectation just based on the end of last season he was ghosting really well um got a good, good run of games so i think there was uh, i thought last season's good, points didn't um, count sentiment <laughs> i mean i'm talking about going into the actual draft before he showed uh, in the first four weeks that he wasn't worth it whereas grillish did the exact same thing um, but <laughs> Thought he was quick Anywho. with that boy. <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been looking to um, to pay that one back for a long time. But that, I had did I have, I have written down context. on a, yeah on a post-it note next to my uh, computer just to yeah go and pick the pick the better time. Um, I went too early. I went yeah, too early. you did. Yeah, you blew your blew your shot. Um, yeah, I was just to say that that that's the reason why there was a bit more um, optimism for Ben Rama, and then didn't really play that well. And then Kudus um, coming in, you just assume that he's going to get dropped, um, plus Moyes and and all that. So yeah, um, as yeah as you mentioned, I've been trying to shift him <laughs> since I drafted him, um, mostly because I have two West Ham midfielders and it's enough, but. Uh, also because yeah he's just not reliable and i just i don't feel confident uh, any game week that he's going to start and or do well um but he feels like he's too good to drop so he's one of those guys that's just like dead weight um but you don't feel like you can drop him so i'm not happy with him and something that you agree with Prash on ben rama is always trapped uh, okay, time to move on to our biggest um, disagreements, biggest discrepancies. As um, as we have Ryan on as a surprise, quasi quasi surprise guest, uh, uh, regular guest uh, for today. Uh, I haven't included the um, players that we all have um, in disagreement with. Uh, with with Ryan only um, with Sanji and myself, but um, it is actually a good thing that Ryan is here because he will have to. He will, I can adjudicate. He, he will adjudicate between our um, various takes. But before we move on to the discrepancies that Sanji and myself have, um, here are some of the players that the analysts uh, at the Draft Society as a whole disagree on the most uh, without naming any names. Uh, Luca Dean, Jordan Ayew, Matthias Nunez, Conor Gallagher, Mikhailo Mudrik, Dan Byrne, Luca Dean Luca again. For good measure. Yeah, Sandro Tonali, Romero, Beto, Kevin Schade, Johan Wissa, and Anthony Gordon. Some of these players we have talked about already. Um, Pers me personally, I want to say that I'm a huge fan of uh, Jordan Ayew and Beto uh, in the in the um, discrepancy uh, scale. I am on the high on um, part of that scale. Where are you guys on these these two players? 
I mean, we watched um, Beto's coming out party together in person. And, um, exactly. Pub in Brighton. But so he looked good. He passed the eye test, as we, I think, all agree on. But um, yeah, I mean, Sheffield's not a good, not a good test. So I want to see how he does against Arsenal this weekend. Um, but yeah, I like him. I like him as a player. He looks like he's he can do a job. So I'm uh, I'm kind of I'm more pro better than than not. Yeah, draft draft hey, lad. The and, uh, the other one was um, was um, Jordan Ayew. I think Jordan Ayew. Yeah, Jordan Ayew. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, we all know that I I've uh, I've streamed Ayew win when necessary so yeah, he's he's one of those guys you can always stream when when needed i mean that's a bit of disrespect on his name he's <laughs> currently my forward one uh nobody forced one. you to do that started started as my forward one now i have joe pedro through a trade as well so he's my um forward one too but i mean 11, 11.5, 4.25 against Arsenal, 19, and then 9. That is 4 with 1 material. That is 4 with 1 material. With That is only with 2 uh, attacking returns, 2 assists in 4 you think, games. You think the return of Olise kind of stifles that a little bit? I think the return of Olise is far enough that I'm not going to concern myself with the return of Olise at this point. Um, it will change the dynamics around the the um, Palace attack, but I kind of think that maybe it hurts Eze most rather than Ayu. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's probably right. I mean, from a set piece perspective, yeah. But do you also can't you also spin that in the sense that no, because Crystal Palace don't have that one guy to create everything, as they won't be the only target in the team for teams to kind of defend against, right? So maybe it frees them as they up a bit more, maybe get a bit more goal threat than assist threat. Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, this all, all of this um, hyper attacking free-flowing Crystal Palace under under a geriatric Roy Hodgson is is just an alternative universe that we are living in um, so at this point who's to say that that it won't happen that that um, adding another um, very creative attacking element will just unlock them even more so yeah I mean it, it could happen but I think I think even in that case, that helps IU even more. Careful what, you say, careful what you say about Roy, man. He knows how to scrap, eh? <laughs> I wouldn't be calling that guy a <laughs> by any means. I mean, he is of a retirement age. Technically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I still put respect on that mate, on that name, other yeah. than international duty. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think Jordan Ayew is a is a great player to kind of own right now. But I, I mean, do it while Olise is not around, right? Just enjoy it. Maybe sell high sort of thing situation right now. 
Um, but yeah, I agree with Beto as well. Um, can't wait to see what he's going to do. Uh, it'll be curious uh, to see if he gets benched, played with DCL, rotated, that sort of stuff uh, moving forward. But uh, yeah, the signs look great. Yep. Um, is there anyone you want to shout out, Ryan, out of these uh, discrepancy players? Um, uh, these are some good ones, and there's some very good reasons why there's discrepancy. Um, the Gallagher-Palmer uh, number 10 scrap will be very interesting. Um, I picked up Palmer in one league. I, somebody dropped him. I, I don't know why. Um, so I'm, I'm betting on him to, to win that spot at some point. Um, Nunez is, is a weird one. Obviously, he was a lot better uh, fantasy prospect of Wolves. We'll see if he gets his chance this weekend with um, Kovic is injured. Uh, yeah, I'm out on Dine. I don't, I don't think that, um, that Unai fancies him, and I think Moreno is going to walk back into the lineup. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm pretty low on him. And yeah, I think Shada is a flash in the pan. I don't. He's has every ability to drop a zero um, when he doesn't score. So I'm I'm low on him as well. He definitely does have. Yeah, he definitely does have the ability to drop a zero. I think I'm a bit higher on Shada because because I think he will challenge. Um, Wisa for that second striker role in the in the five three two formation that Brentford use as well. So I think I think this relative um, good start to the season for him will have will have him um, play more and play more consistently, which which can only help his production. Yeah, that's fair. It's more just a, a trust issue. With me and him. Yeah, I, I, I totally get in. Like, I, I dropped him. I after after hyping him, um, up, all off season. He dropped Same. to zero in the first game, and then I dropped him. And I was able to pick him up in a few leagues, but not, not in any of my main leagues. Okay, okay. Let's go on to players that we disagree on with Sanji. Um, there are some that are sort of. Um, less interesting, like Luke Shaw um, and and Philip Billing. Those guys are are above above the hundred mark for myself, and above two hundred for for uh, Sanji. Maybe between one hundred and fifty and two hundred, rather than two hundred bang on. Um, I think those those deserve less attention. Uh, number one, I think, and maybe the biggest discussion point is Fabian Schaar. I have him at 61, and Sanji, you have him at 130. So you, Yeah, you... I, I, I guess it's, uh, I mean, obviously it's like, a, it's a hard uh, way to kind of gauge him on just uh, four game weeks of data, right? Um, but his scores were <laughs> so bad so far for the season. Uh, 2.251, 0.75, like, I expected better. I feel like the likes of Egan um, would have outscored him for the season so far. I, I don't know, like, playing against good teams as well, I don't know, I, for some reason, I maybe expected a bit more defensive work, a bit more defensive numbers, and maybe you expect these scores versus lesser teams, um, maybe bumped up with the with a clean sheet here or there. Um, 
But even that game versus uh, Brighton, um, I know we were at that game, but you know, watching it on TV replays and stuff like that, um, the way he kind of defended for, I think it might have been Evans' um, final goal or something. He kind of just stuck a, lo- a leg out. It was a bit of like a lazy defending, and I, I, I don't know. It was just not something that I uh, wanted to see eye test wise, and just with like Champions League coming up and all that, like surely Newcastle are gonna put out their best. Um, best team uh, out in that right i mean they've got the group of death <laughs> no no one that i've not seen that bad in a while um and i feel like he also got lucky with injuries last season the newcastle in general had very few injuries so i'm a lot lower on him this season i know he has the potential to get an attacking return here or there um he does have a bit of goal threat but I've always been one for hot takes and for some reason in the back of my head, I feel like there's a chance that, you know, the likes of like LaSalle's could see a bit more minutes. I wouldn't say starts and games. And I know Tati, you scream up his, your face, but they brought on LaSalle's as a late sub in that Brighton game as well, right? So just just for like rotation purposes and like just his start of the season, there were multiple factors that he dropped fairly low um, in my ranking, so... Uh, what what do you think, Ryan? You are a shark shark guy. I am a a share bear, as it as it were. Um, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, I had I had him last year's, and yeah, he was a, a very pleasant surprise. But he's been the exact opposite this season, um, to the point where I was I hadn't really seen a Newcastle game, and I was asking Benji what the hell was going on with with share because. His numbers were garbage. He was one of the best. Uh, I think he was a top 10 um, ghosting defender last yeah. season, um, and he just hasn't shown it at all. Yeah, of course, they've had a brutal schedule, but yeah, as, as, as Sanji alluded to, um, you would think that he would still get some decent amount of ghost points, and he, he just hasn't. So I'm keeping him for the time being. I want to see what he does in this nice run of fixtures. I know that he's kind of been nursing a, a knock, so maybe maybe that's it. Um, Newcastle just as a whole have to look bad, but yeah, you would just think that uh, um, as he showed last season that he could he could still score very well despite everything that's going on. So I'm I think closer to you, Toddy, but I'm a little less bullish. Um, so yeah, I could see both sides of the argument, but I think I'd probably lean towards more towards Tade in terms of just giving him a, a chance to to revert back to his last season form the next couple of games. But yeah, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried. Yeah, um, like we can see the general consensus between or, or general consensus of discrepancy uh, between Sanji and myself with uh, Newcastle defenders as a whole because. It's the same with Trippier, it's the same with Burn, it's the same with Char. Um, yeah, essentially, I believe in Newcastle turning it around, and Sanji, you maybe not so much. Yeah, that's that's basically what it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's let's talk about another um, favorite of ours um, who comes up in every um, podcast seemingly we do is um kai havertz i have him at 64 which looking at it right now is a bit um over over ambitious like it but and you have you have him at 130 129 um 
you obviously based on the scores and the actual in real life um viewing uh, it's probably me that has to has some explaining to do rather than yourself uh and i think i'll probably be backed up by ryan on this um so my main um issue or my main sort of hope with Havertz is um twofold one is the sort of um, ace ace in the hole uh, that we use with every um arsenal players um hope to revert back to last season's uh progress is is uh, jesus coming back uh, and the other one for me is um is 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 also a, a less fantasy and more in real life um argument and and it is that i found arteta to be quite bullish on on his projects so i think he will keep trying to work havers keep trying to make it work rather than plug in fabio vieira and be done with it um so i'm still hoping that something clicks and i do think that is that it is however you want to call it it is the yips it is the um it is the chelsea bug that he still hasn't shaken um it's something that is not working and i think it's not that he's a bad footballer it it it, it is it will click and when it clicks it all these bad touches all these late runs all these will from one game on to the next they will they will just fall into place so it's not going to be like for i think it's not going to be like a gradual process that like with someone like Mikhailo mudrik with mudrik i feel it's going to be like he comes on for 20 looks decent he comes on for a half looks even better plays plays a cup game um looks solid whatever i think with kai it's gonna be crap one week amazing the next week and i hope that it is the next week that he's gonna be amazing again yeah tell me um no i agree with with all of that um yeah i would just add that um yeah Tets is very um very stubborn when it comes to to these types of plays and he's put kind of put his put himself on the line for this and wants it to wants it to work and yeah with those seats we had kind of high up tiny we were able to see these uh runs that he was actually making and folks weren't weren't seeing him so i think the added um chemistry with uh with everybody else who's kind of used to playing each, with each other and was used to to Jaka, um i think they'll start seeing him more and once he gets that first one hopefully the floodgates will open and he'll get a, a bit of confidence but yeah it's it's worrying but um he's he's a by low for me right now just because i think the upside of of um regularly starting on a on a high attacking team with their um you know best striker coming back um is 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 really good uh really good prospects so yeah he's i'm keeping the faith for now but yeah it's 
it's rough. Yeah, we we saw him live, and um, and yeah, it it was a rough viewing. Yeah, he's just I, devoid I, of any semblance of confidence. Yeah, exactly. Um, one last um, sort of ranks thing that I wanted to mention before I I um, give you the floor, guys, to take take apart these discrepancies. Um, What's you guy your guys's take on the Bournemouth attackers conundrum? Um, let's let's just um, put their fixtures to one side first because they're going into possibly an even worse fixture run that they had been on. Uh, but if you're not if you're not considering the fixtures, uh, what do you guys think the um front four or front front five of that team looks like on their best day um i'll take a quick crack um i think the best four is um i'm just thinking more in, in terms of the uh Iriola system not kind of what a football manager would do um <laughs> Solanke up top, man, probably Tavernier on the left. Um, I, I liked Dango uh, a lot, but I think Sinister is a better player. Um, or he's shown to be a better player. So maybe Sini on the right. Um, I think he can play left or, or right. And then... Um, Probably billing in the hole like they've like they've kind of been doing. Um, yeah, that's that's the one for me. I mean, I would I like Hamutreori, but I just don't think he fits into the Iriola system. He doesn't really play with like a creative number ten per se. So, yeah, that would be my my front four. I'm kind of betting on Sini, and if if Tavernier was in my on my wire, I'd probably be betting on him a bit uh, as well, but he's not. So it's just, I think in general, it's just frustratingly one of those things you're just going to have to wait and see. It's like, it's anybody's, it's anybody's guess. But if I was going to be betting on somebody, it'd probably be Sinistera just because he's shown to us already that he can, he can perform fantasy wise. And if they're buying him, despite having all of these wingers or not buying him, but I think loaning him, um, if they're picking him up last minute, despite having all of these wingers, then, then they clearly see a need for him and probably slot him in. So that's my two cents on the matter, but yeah, it's, it's going to be rough. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably maybe something to do with Otara's injury being a bit more long-term, but probably. Uh, what about you, Sanju? How do you see Bournemouth lining up? Uh, I agree with Ryan about uh, billing up top, obviously. Um, sorry, billing behind um, Solanke and Solanke is up, up top. But yeah, the, the two sides um, of billing is, is really one up for debate. Um, I'd like to say both uh, maybe Dango and Sinister. Like Sanji might have frozen. 
Um, uh, Hello? You dropped yeah. out for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're back in. So you were saying uh, yeah. Solanke up top? Solanke up top, Billing behind him. And then I would probably go Sinisera or Tara, assuming everyone's fit. Um, it, it's tough, though. Like, you could easily throw in Tavernier. I think Hamid is an absolute baller as well. Um, maybe potentially drop Billing a, a bit deeper. Um, so he's not part of that front four and stick Hamid behind the striker as well. They're kind of spoiled for, for riches in the sense, right? They still got... Uh, I mean, Ryan Christie is an old horse that keeps doing things. Uh, David Brooks is there. Alex Scott still has to come. So it's a it's a very good headache, I think, uh, to have for, for Bournemouth right now. Um, yeah, t time will tell. Um, I, we'll see. But I think Dango definitely deserves a shout just because of the impact that he had on their team last season. But it's Ryan brings up a very good point, right? Um, we can just you know plug and play all these assets as fan tracks managers, as fantasy managers, but we're not the ones actually um, you know managing the team, um, you know, making the tactics and and all that. So. Um, yeah, um, I kind of kind of agree with with um, with both of you guys. I think, and I want to shout out to Joe Justin Cluver, Um Still has a role to play. I think he looked decent uh, when he played. Um, I want to see some rotation up top for Solanke as well, uh, because. I just don't like him that much, uh, but that is probably unlikely to happen. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of bodies for very few places there. So, uh, so I think it is quite likely that we'll see Billing um, a bit further back to accommodate another attacking player. Um, who that will be is anyone's guess and 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 sanji brings up a very good point um alex scott will will have um every legitimate right to claim a starting spot once he's back from injury which should be at the end of october or something like that uh obviously with a long layoff and no preseason, i expect him to come into zone in the second half of the season uh, obviously depending on where Bournemouth are and what what they're um, chasing but but yeah it's it's a lot of players for a few roles right there um, and one more thing I want to touch on is I even uh, I know he's not part of the attacking front four but they bought Tyler Adams in as well right and we know how good um of an asset he can be um not just irl but fan tracks as well so even how does that change the dynamic of their team moving forward as well right so i feel like it's gonna be i wouldn't beat yourself up if like oh you know i have my bournemouth asset is rotating or whatever it's not performing etc like i think one day they will one day they won't <laughs> and it's just gonna be an absolute rotation headache i think like at this moment it's just solanke and billing plus anyone, really. I think yeah. Solanke and Billing are the only sa two safe ones that you could be happy with, I want to say. And maybe Billing more so than Solanke, because Billing's just a monster. Like, he does a bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think 
with all these attacking players, people are expecting him to drop off into a more defensive role. And even though he's starting a bit further back, then probably probably um, and a classic number ten would. He's still bringing the fan fan tracks points. So who cares? Um, any more of these players that that either of you guys want to mention or grill me or Sanji about? Nope. Let's move on to. <laughs> I got away. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to our game week five preparation. Um, here are some interesting questions to you guys um, before we move on to our streamer picks. Who are you dropping if they don't start? These are players I, I um, that you might have held through the international break. Players we might have already mentioned on this podcast. I'm thinking your um, Palmers, your Taverniers, your um, Sinisteras, your Kalajiches. Any um, Wolves player, I think. You're dropping any Wolves player? Other than Neto, probably. Like I, I really like Sarabia, but if he's not going to start versus Liverpool, then... You know, I mean, you're not going to start him against Liverpool, are you? So, yeah, yeah. essentially, you are. You are? Yeah. You are? I mean, Liverpool got one clean sheet this this season, and they're without the VVD again. Like, and I mean, the that's home? the one clean sheet that they got <laughs> without VVD. True. I, I feel like Totti took that like personally, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Liverpool is is like City, where you just like immediately bench um, some of your assets against them. Do you? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. No, no, no. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. But yeah, if he doesn't start, it's not like I I don't think um, I'd feel bad about dropping him, especially since it's an early game and I need the cover. So yeah, if he doesn't start, then dropping him. I I'd, I'd keep home with Palmer. I think he's going to be a slow burn. Yeah, I agree. What about you, Sanji? Yeah, I mean, in my rosters, I typically don't hold assets that I, I like drop and chop and change and stuff like that. I, I try to get like a solid um, bench as well and just, you know, swap them out. Um, but one name that I'm that I'm holding that I would be tempted to maybe drop, but I'm trying to show patience with is uh, one James McAtee. Um, going um on back on loan at Sheffield United from Man City but I think uh, there were some comments that came out in a presser um some media interview or whatever with Heckingbottom saying that apparently he has a lot of work to do to kind of catch up in terms of where Sheffield United are with their season so I mean if if you're if you're an owner um and you're you know being patient maybe you might have to wait a few game weeks um and if you can't afford to wait yeah i think that's that's a player that i'd consider dropping but because i have that depth um because i'm kind of set in that sense um yeah i'm, I'm not too concerned yeah um i'm 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 concerned i picked him up in one of my leagues but i'm concerned after those comments um especially as um as the as it, it would 
mean that you're holding a Sheffield United player who's not even playing? Yeah, I don't. I don't like McAtee even if he is starting. Um, I just don't see where he's going to get his his value from um, if he's not going to be on sets with seemingly Hammer and, um, and Norwood splitting them. Um, if he's not scoring goals, then I don't. I just don't know what kind of value he's going to provide. Yeah, that's fair. That's very we fair. Have, we have a question about dropping players. And Katia is a clean drop, or does he have any trade value? Um, you could try to trade him to the Jesus manager just to say, you know, it's a late game in the game week, just to be sure. Here's some cover. Plus, he's just coming back from an injury, and we've seen that he's re aggravated it before. If you want to provide some cover, but I've. I dropped him. Um, I think it's it's best to drop him. But yeah, if you really want to test the waters, then try um, sending him to the Jesus owner for like a few a few bucks. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably the extent of his trade value. Yeah, I think I if I, I have Jesus in the league and I have no interest in Enketia. Um That said. If you are in a league with a lot of roster spots, or if you are in the league with um, with with blocked lineups or something like that, or or with a lot of teams uh, and and a long bench, this is one game that I'd I'd probably hold him for. Just so, the same reason as uh, Ryan said that that. Um, that just wait out a first start and the full game from Jesus if he's re-injuring himself, which I don't expect him to, to do because he had a productive outing uh, against United and then he had two weeks off. So um, he should have done enough uh, rehab during those two weeks to to have that extra strength. But you never know. You never know. Yeah. You can always pick him back up. Like say something happens in Champions League or he gets a random start, you can always just like pick him up. I don't think anybody's going to be looking to hold him, so I think he's one of those guys that you can just drop and if you really need him again, um, pick him back up. Okay, what well, what about um, um, two players who will most likely start but are have questionable points potential? One is um, Alexis McAllister. Who is also mentioned in our uh, underlying numbers article, and the other one is Christian Eriksen. Both historically in their current club, not very good scorers. Um, would you drop them if they continue in their streak of not scoring very well? I think they both have trade value just based on name recognition. So I would definitely chest the waters with them for, with a Liverpool fan and a Manchester United fan, respectively. Um, I think, yeah, I think both are, are technically droppable um, if the if form continues. Although Ericsson did well last game week. Um, but if he, with Mount coming back and if everybody's healthy and he's not starting, then yeah, I think he's he's a drop. Um, McAllister, I just don't think he's going to score very well. But yeah, I think trying to trade them out 
before dropping them is probably the play. Uh, I got a name uh, that comes to mind. What about uh, Zinchenko? He's pretty highly rostered, I'd assume, across many leagues. Um, I, I don't know what his likelihood to start is or whatnot, but again, if he's uh, benched or not in the lineup, what what would you do, Ryan? He, he's another one that um, people just think that he scores better than he does, so I think he still has some, some trade value. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd try and get something for him before shipping him out. But yeah, he's not somebody that I'm looking to to roster long term. Um, in terms of the surprise start and surprise bench, the two surprise starts for me would be uh, I think Alex Moreno comes back in this weekend, and I think Josh Brownhill um, gets a start. And then surprise benches. Unfortunately, I think Alvarez potentially could be benched because he's got a shorthanded week, played two games with Argentina. The last one was in crazy altitude in Bolivia, and he almost played the entire game. Um, and it's a short week, so I could see him potentially getting a surprise bench. Um, and then, yeah, as we've seen, Darwin might have picked up a – a muscular knock with Uruguay, um, which would be quite the shame. But yeah, I could see him potentially getting a surprise bench. So those would be mine for those two categories. Uh, on the note with the Bolivia thing, I heard on a different uh, pod or whatnot, I think there were 10 men for most of the game. So it might not have been as much uh, physical work for the Argentinian players. So there's a bit of hope there in that sense. You mean Bolivia were 10 men? Oh, uh, Bolivia, yeah, with 10 men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Argentina didn't have a lot of running or less running, let's say, in that sense. But the, that altitude's brutal, even if you're just standing still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what about you, Sanji? Do you have your surprise start or surprise bench? Uh, surprise start, I would probably throw it in Mudrick. Um, maybe you know the fact that it, the results have been poor you know fans are probably screaming for something different i i don't know if it was during international break or something i saw some some uh big chelsea account tweet that uh, apparently mudrick's been told to stop uh going so hard in the gym <laughs> apparently he's been bulking up a bit too much for his position so even so bro <laughs> exactly right the guy guy looks like he's just eating protein non-stop man um but yeah i think he would definitely be um, a surprise start. A uh, couple other names that maybe come to mind as well, uh, the likes of maybe either Livermento or Lewis Hall um, in the fullback positions for Newcastle with Champions League kind of looming. Um, wondering maybe Eddie Howe takes this opportunity to start his rotation earlier than expected. Um, yeah, uh, surprise bench. I think I would go opposite of the surprise start. Uh, what Ryan mentioned is uh, Lucadinia. I agree that Moreno's probably um, better for the system. He is the Emery player, like Emery brought him, etc. But I still go back to the point of like, why would you want to bench or drop a player that is actually doing well? Um, and I, I'm not just speaking from like a fan tracks perspective, obviously, but. I just feel like it would be harsh to to drop him. So, uh, I mean, I'm curious to see how how that's going to go. And um, another surprise bench, man. Who, who would I be surprised to 
see bench. Oh, I'll throw us a wild wild one. Uh, Wissa. Maybe benched for the likes of Brentford legend Neil Mopé. Uh, <laughs> I like that shout. I like yeah. the shout a lot. Yeah, so I, we talked about it on, on the BB pod, man. Like, uh, Mopé, he is a frustrating asset to own because he always seems to pop up in the right places, always has chances at goal, but for some reason his conversion is just absolute shit. But now, you know, with being back on an old stomping ground, you know, confidence is a hell of a thing. He is a fan favorite, not just by the fans, but the manager himself. So, yeah, I, I feel like Mope could be a, a surprise a surprise asset to, to own moving forward. So... Uh, I wouldn't go that far as an <laughs> asset, asset to own, but I like the shout a lot. I like the shout a lot. Um, my surprise start um, one is um, uh, rather a hope rather than a surprise is uh, Nonny Madueke um, or Cole Palmer, just in the same way as, uh, as uh, your Mudrick shout. Who TF knows what the Chelsea lineup will be? Um, another surprise start um, for me would be Jack Harrison at Everton. I think uh, he will he will be rushed back. He's already in team training during the international break, and his direct play and his style, I think, would cause. Arsenal defenders some problems, um, especially he he would be probably would be able to pin um, Zinchenko back as I expect him to play right wing because Neckneal will start left wing. Uh, I, I expect him to play play right wing and and with his speed, uh, I think there might be some thinking behind uh, behind that that um, Zinchenko won't be able to step so far up um, with with Harrison looming or lurking behind him. Uh, those are my surprise starts. So my surprise bench is uh, Manor Solomon, I think. Um, I think Ange Postacoglu is one of, one of those... Uh, arm around the shoulder kind of guys uh and i think i think richardson needed a break needed the benching but i think he might be given a shot at uh, redemption coming back from the international break so watch out for that um let's move on to streamers sanji hit hey. us with your Hit us with your um, streamer picks. Yeah, so the first one is uh, Bully versus Burnley. Uh, he's the fourth best scoring defender at the moment. Um, he seems to be ghosting well enough as well. It's almost like a throwback to his like Wolf days um, when he's an absolute machine then. Um, I'd be concerned with the uh, comeback of Felipe. Um, because he was very influential to their defense as well. And I don't know if that changes maybe Bully's um, role in the team. But if, if you see Bully's kind of there, there's no Felipe, I, I would, you know, stick him against uh, Burnley. Um, yeah, I think it's a decent um, 
defender to own at this point. Uh, and maybe if you own him, potentially sell high as well, or maybe trade as well. So like a bully for like a Shar, if you think Shar is gonna, you know, be a, a great um make a great comeback in that sense, right? And kind of matches previous season's performance. Um next up I've got the mighty Ashley Young <laughs> versus Arsenal. <laughs> A bit of a wild pick, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan. I don't think Arsenal has gotten a result at Goodison Park since 2017. It's a bit of a bogey stadium to visit. Um, and Everton is screaming for a result right now. Uh, he's tied uh, for the most corner kicks as well with the likes of Pascal Gross, Madison, Bukayo Saka with 17 of them. Uh, he's been playing 90 minutes every game, getting two to three key passes over the past few games as well. So even if Everton concede, he kind of has that buffer in that sense. So I feel like one of these days he could be on the end of a, a Tarkowski header or a Branthwaite header or something like that, right? They've got a lot of tall guys in that team. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a, a gamble in the sense that there's that upside with, with, a, with a defensive asset like Ashley Young. Uh, next up, I've got Kolyosho. Um you, you guys, if you've been on the stream, you know my Lyle Foster agenda. I think I've pushed him hard enough, so I'm going to push Lyle's partner in attack. Um, his minutes are a bit worrying. Uh, he's been getting, you know, 60, 67 minutes, uh, not seeing the full 90, so that's a little concerning. But his last game, he saw his first assist as well. Um, he's been getting a, a key pass every game. Um, uh, he likes a pop-up goal as well, but it, it's... He looks like a bit of an Adama light, though. He likes to dribble. He's very positive. He drives forward. And I think last game, he had five successful dribbles, three before that as well, right? So uh, from a ghosting perspective, um, the fixture is a nice one for him as well. Burnley definitely need a result. And I feel like company is not going to shy away from the way Burnley's playing football. I think he's going to continue to play um, uh, attacking football as well. So I'm quite positive on on his chances of getting some returns Um this game week and then finally uh jimmy what can i say i know i know ryan this is ryan's favorite person in the world <laughs> well the, the fact that you've labeled him a streamer i mean ends the well, argument so well I, i'm assuming that everyone has listened to your wise words and dropped him right so he's probably free in a lot of leagues um but if you believe in constant growth you know negative 0.50 6.5 then nine in his last game versus man city um, you'll, all... you'll score 100 uh, yeah, by the by end of the end season yeah he's gonna be a playoff winner right um but uh he got the nine ghost points versus man city and he was arguably responsible for the goal um that they scored as well right i think he was the touch before the bobby attempt at goal then reem kind of just tapped it into the net but yeah I've, I've got high hopes for him as i think he can bounce back to a certain extent and i mean the fixture is good right versus luton um if he's gonna score against anyone you'd hope it's against uh, one of the promoted teams so yeah those are my picks yep i like them Except for young against Arsenal, yeah. that is just yeah. it's just a no, 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 no for me. Yeah. With McNeil likely back, I think his days on corners are are likely numbered. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, on the positive side, he likely only plays sixty, so he's not going to get those goals against for the last half hour. So um, yeah, who knows? Um, Next one is my picks. Um, I picked, I think this, this uh, 
Forest Burnley game on Monday is gonna throw up a lot of streamers. Um, I picked Bayer. Uh, he he looked good in the first game, um, and he's a solid ghoster uh, for for uh, Burnley. Uh, you've just got to remember this isn't the Burnley of Sean Dyche. It's not going to be aerials and 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 all that nonsense. But but yeah. Uh, He's, he's a decent streamer, I think. Um, as much as I like Kai Havertz, I can't not pick up Fabio Vieira um, in the hope that he starts against Everton. Um, hopefully, I have cover for him. Um, and um, and in those leagues, hopefully he starts, but I, I'm still a Kai man. Um, Anthony Alanga, um, he looked very good and very very impressive in the two outings that he had with with Forrest. Uh, I think it's going to be a an exciting game on Monday night between Burnley and Forrest. Um, and my last pick is is maybe an out there pick. We talk about McBurney and disproportionate amount to his in real life talents. I think, but uh, I would actually start him against Spurs. Um, he ended up with a lot of ghosts against Everton, um, and and yeah, I think Spurs will start start conceding at some point. Spursiness will come out. What about you, Ryan? Uh, yeah, sticking with the theme of the Monday night <laughs> Monday night exactly. Nights, um... Yeah, Joe Joe Worrell has uh, actually scored pretty well, um, and he's a decent shot, especially if uh, if Bowley and Felipe are, are gone in your leagues. I think Worrell's probably um, dead set to start this one, and he's been scoring well. The the high upside um, wild card is Nuno Tavares, who of course signed with with Forest um, at the end of the window, um, and I could see him coming in at uh, at left back and um he's he's in the Aurier mold of just a madman um bombing down the wing so um against against Burnley who's have shown to be very open I think he could he could do a job so yeah come Monday you need 15 um he's probably your Hail Mary uh, at that point so um, yeah it's a very good shot um, I talked about uh, Josh Brown, who I think I think he gets gets a spot um, again. Pretty good matchup against Forrest, um, and you have the the added bonus of the double coming up. So hopefully he gets at least one of those, if not both. Um, William, I think, is fit again, and as we talked about, they have Luton, so he's uh, he's worth a shout if. Um, if he is indeed fit, the the surprise start that I didn't mention was I think Awobi uh, is back in training uh, with with Fulham, so you could see him maybe getting a surprise uh, start, but we'll see. It's it's worth putting on William if if he's on the wire just because of the matchup. Um, yeah, Jomez uh, played played well last week. Um, BVD still out. Uh, 
Trent seemingly has a knock. I would be surprised if uh, if he doesn't make it. But if he doesn't, then Gomez might actually play right back, which um, he usually scores a little bit better than at center back. So we'll see. And yeah, just um, a reminder to uh, pick up Moreno and Nunes. They're probably taken in in almost uh, every league. But if they're not, then yeah, I would say I would say pick them up because I think both. Both start and both uh, have a decent chance to uh, to score well the rest of the season, particularly Moreno. Nunes will be rotated, of course. Um, where do you think Nunes will start? Which so, which role would you equate to him out of last season City? I think the the Kovacic role, unfortunately, a little a little deeper. Um, so there's center mid Bernardo Silva. Yeah, but I think he's shown in that in that role at Wolves that he can still score pretty well. Um, and it's it's kind of a, an experiment to see what what he's going to score like with with City. Um, is he going to be just a like for like for Kovacic and Bernardo in that in that role where he just doesn't score well at all, or will he? show some of his wolves form and then maybe get forward enough to uh to get on the end of, of one of these attacking returns it's just one of those things where like you'd be pretty remiss if he started and you didn't you didn't give him a shot but yeah i'd, I'd be lying if i said i wasn't you know half half concerned that he could um come up with the blank in that, yeah and that dreaded that dreaded role so it's a uh, risk reward i suppose yeah, exactly. It's it's um, if he ends up scoring even for one game, he ends up scoring closer to Gundogan or Rodri, then you've struck gold. Uh, so yeah, I don't hate mm-hmm. that shout. It's just it's just I'm so concerned and and to be honest, we were I think the excitement levels were hitting peak height after that one game against United and and we kind of forgot that he was horrendous for fantasy while playing uh last season um well not horrendous but yeah, it's moments. but yeah silver level um last season so so yeah there is a chance and and probably the absolute absolute lowest uh and cheapest you can buy into uh any type of uh, city attack uh, it's ex- yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, it's actually not probably not a bad shout to if he gets the start to try and ship him out before kickoff. Because <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, if he if he doesn't perform, then that's then that's just a drop a sell, and sell the news. Yeah. yeah, the issue is that even if he does does perform, then he will still be droppable if he doesn't start the next two. Yeah. So if he drops, yes. if he drops nine, eight, nine ghosts, he will just eat up uh, roster spots on the team. Yeah, and if you can sell the yarn that this is a sign of things that come in terms of him getting a, a starting spot, then all the better. Depends on what you can get for him. To be fair, I mean, I'd probably settle for around five fab or something like that seeing that you probably picked him up for free on Friday. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. 
definitely tempered expectations. Um, so, um, and we've come to the end of the pod. We have answered the questions uh, while we were talking. Um, anything you want to add to conclude our end of international break podding, you guys? Uh, did, Ryan, did you manage to do any trades this international break? I don't think I did, actually. Um, I don't know if that's a, a result of me being on travel this entire time and distracted, but no, I, I don't think I did. You guys? No, unfortunately. We, we started uh, the pod by talking about trade and and uh, trading and what we managed to do. Neither of us managed to tra- uh, a trade. I got very frustrated uh, in my community league but because i i think i've sent out like 15 20 trade offers uh, and got <laughs> got nothing back um and 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 i i managed to hold back sanji from name shaming uh people who who, who sent him uh, horrendous offers because most likely they are also contributors to the draft society <laughs> um but but yeah no, um unfortunately none, none of us were successful in in international break trading not necessarily a bad thing if it ain't broke you know well, i mean coming from a four and oh guy that's that's probably right um i still have some issues on my team teams um one i seem to have ended up with with teams with either too many forwards or too few forwards so i i have a team where joe pedro and jordan ayu and uh, ollie mcburney are my forwards and another team where i have um rashford nunez Kakpo, jota beto and villian as my forwards so <laughs> so uh, yeah um it's just it's just how it is trading is the name of the game benji is shouting out zaniolo but it's probably not worth uh dropping on the pod now uh <laughs> yeah so that is probably the end of the pod uh i am less eloquent than joe in um in saying our thanks and goodbyes but but yeah, we want to thank our listeners who tuned in to our end of international break podding. We'll back. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming, probably uh, back to our usual Wednesday setup um, from next week on. Finally, Ryan will be back in the US of A. Hopefully, well, not hopefully, but <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, we'll see. We'll see if he actually makes it back after his um, after his travels uh, on this side of the pond. And yeah, good luck to everyone. Um, this is going to be another sprint to the next international break. So, so start your engines. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Good luck, everyone. Bye. Bye.